so there is a process so there's a process called it's called a gandharva marriage so gandharva marriage is when a man and a woman accept each other in their hearts and there may or may not be witnesses to that marriage but their feelings for each other are so pure that they've accepted each other as man and wife uh, so yes so they actually did have something that's known as a gandharva marriage so they accepted each other in their hearts there was no formal ceremony uh, a lot of people it's an interesting topic because a lot of people also say that radharani was married right accuse her of being infidel and so on and so forth but what you need to realize is that her affection for krishna was so great her love for krishna was so great that it transcended any social barriers and if you see a lot of the epic love stories in our times you know whether you take samson and delilah delilah you take some of the greek uh romances and you know the some of the greek tragedies in india heer ranja there's so many examples how kind of love transcends everything you just throw caution to the winds and uh, you do what your heart tells you to do uh so this is something that's it's very difficult to understand first of all it's not something that is easy to fathom uh it's very easy to lift a finger but then we need to realize that this is the transcendental realm it's something which is very very pure it's very finally all of these are krishna's creations and radha rani is nothing but the female expansion of god they were all sent to the earth to perform certain roles and missions and krishna said i am going to come all of you go and settle down await for my arrival so balram comes first radha rani comes first so they all come and there's whole elaborate thing about being born into this family moving from mathura to uh, vrindavan so all of these things have actually happened so yes so the to answer your question bluntly so that there's something known as a gandharva marriage and that's what krishna and radha kind of uh, went through and there's an explanation somewhere when we come to it we can come back and revisit this okay So we are on chapter twelve of the Shrimad Bhagavatam, the birth of Emperor Parikshit. The sage Shanaka said, "The womb of Uttara, mother of Maharaj Parikshit, was spoiled by the dreadful and invincible Brahmastra weapon released by Ashwatthama, but Maharaj Parikshit was saved by the Supreme Lord. How was the great Emperor Parikshit, who is a highly intelligent and great devotee, born in that womb?" how did his death take place and what did he achieve after his death so these are the questions that are being asked we all respectfully want to hear about him maharaj parikshit to whom sukadev goswami imparted transcendental knowledge please speak on this matter shri suta goswami said emperor yudhishthir administered generously to everyone during his reign he was exactly like his father he had no personal ambition and was freed from all sorts of sense gratification because of his continuous service unto the lotus feet of lord shri krishna news even reached the celestial planets about maharaj yudhishthir's worldly possessions the sacrifices by which he would attain a better destination his queen his stalwart brothers his extensive land his sovereignty over the planet earth his fame etc O Brahmanas, the opulence of the king was so enchanting that the denizens of heaven aspired for it. But because he was absorbed in the services of the Lord, nothing could satisfy him except 
the Lord's service. So it's called developing that higher taste. And he had a taste only of worshipping Lord Sri Krishna. So everything he did, everything he did was all centered around his service to Krishna. He was given a role to play. He was asked to rule after the war. He did that perfectly. O son of Bhrigu, when the child Parikshit, the great fighter, was in the womb of his mother Uttara and was suffering from the burning heat of the Brahmastra, he could observe the Supreme Lord coming to him. He, the Lord, was only thumb high, but he was all transcendental. He had a very beautiful, blackish, infallible body and he wore a dress of lightning yellow and a helmet of blazing gold. Thus he was seen by the child inside the womb of the mother. The Paramatma is a Paramatma. The Lord was enriched with four hands, Narayan, earrings of molten gold and his eyes blood red with fury. As he loitered about, his club constantly circled him like a shooting star. The Lord was thus engaged in vanquishing the radiation of the Brahmastra. Just as the sun evaporates a drop of dew, he was observed by the child who thought about who he was. A small kid in the womb, saying, what is this happening around me? And if you read earlier, Uttara goes running to Krishna saying, please save my son, the Brahmastra is coming. And Krishna does exactly this, right? While thus being observed by the child, the Supreme Lord, personality, Supreme Lord, personality of Godhead, the super soul of everyone, and the protector of the righteous, who stretches in all directions, who is unlimited by time and space, disappeared at once. Thereupon, when all the good signs of the zodiac gradually evolved, the heir apparent of Pandu, who would be exactly like him in prowess, took birth. The stars aligned for his birth. King Yudhishthir, who was very satisfied with the birth of Maharaj Parikshit, had the purificatory process of birth performed, learned Brahmanas headed by Dhamya and Kripa recited auspicious hymns. And I think the other day, I think uh, we talked about the importance of your akshar, your name. So, I think a, a lot of us are named after the letter associated at the time of our birth based on the planetary position. So, why does this happen? Because the name is a sound vibration that follows you throughout your life. So, if that name is attuned and aligned to the stars, it is more beneficial and auspicious for you than to be called something else. It's a sound vibration which is positive energy. Therefore, we are given names based on a certain alignment of stars. So, an alphabet is given based on that alignment. Upon the birth of a son, the king who knew how, where and when charity should be given, gave gold, land, villages, elephants, horses and good food grains to the Brahmanas. The learned Brahmanas who were very, very satisfied with the charities of the king addressed him as the chief amongst the Purus and informed him that his son was certainly in line of descent from the Purus. The Brahmanas said, This spotless son has been restored by the all-powerful and all-pervasive Lord Vishnu, the personality of Godhead, in order to oblige you. He was saved when he was doomed to be destroyed by an irresistible supernatural weapon. For this reason, this child will be well known in the world as one who is protected by the personality of Godhead. O most fortunate one, there is no doubt that this child will become a first class devotee and will be qualified with all good qualities. 
The good king Yudhishthir inquired, O great souls, will he become a saintly king? As pious in his very name and as famous and as glorified in his achievements as others who appeared in this great royal family, there is a lineage. So will he be as glorious as everybody else from his lineage? The learned Brahmana said, O son of Pritha, this child shall be exactly like King Ishkavaku, son of Manu, in maintaining all those who are born. And as for following the Brahmanical principles, especially in being true to his promise, he shall be exactly like Rama, the personality of Godhead, the son of Maharaj Dashrath, just king. The child will be a munificent donor of charity and protector of the surrendered, like the famous King Sibi of the Usinara country. And he will expand the name of his family like Bharat, Bharata, the son of Maharaj Dushanta. Amongst great bowmen, this child will be as good as Arjun. He will be irresistible as fire and as unsurpassable as the ocean. This child will be as strong as a lion and as worthy a shelter as the Himalayan mountains. He will be forbearing like the earth and as tolerant as his parents. This child will be like his grandfather Yudhishthir or Brahma in equanimity of, equanimity of mind. He will be munificent like the lord of Kailasha hill, Shiva. He will be the resort of everyone like the supreme personality of Godhead, Narayan, who is even the shelter of the goddess of fortune. This child will be almost as good as Lord Sri Krishna by following in his footsteps. In magnanimity, he will become as great as King Rantideva and in religion, he will be like Maharaj Yayati. This child will be like Bali Maharaj in patience, a strong devotee of Lord Krishna like Prahlad Maharaj, a performer of many Ashwamedha sacrifices and a follower of the old and experienced men. The child will be the father of kings who will be like sages. For world peace and for the sake of religion, he will be the chastiser of the upstarts and the quarrelsome. After hearing about his death, which will be caused by the bite of a snake bird sent by the son of a Brahmana, he will get himself freed from all material attachment and surrender unto the personality of Godhead, taking shelter of himself. So this is a prophecy. It is already foretold that this is going to happen. After inquiring about proper self-knowledge from the son of Vyasadev, who will be a great philosopher, he will renounce all material attachment and achieve a life of fearlessness. Thus, those who were expert in astrological knowledge and in performance of the birth ceremony instructed King Yudhishthir about the future history of his child. Then, being sumptuously remunerated, they all returned to their respective homes. So his son would become famous in the world as Parikshit, examiner, because he would come to examine all human beings in his search after that personality whom he saw before his birth. Thus he would come to constantly contemplate him because he saw that glimpse in the womb. He's constantly got that in his mind. Who was that person that I saw? He's inquiring. He's of inquisitive nature from the very first day. As the moon in its waxing fortnight develops day after day, so the royal prince Parikshit very soon developed luxuriantly under the care and full facilities of his guardian grandfathers. Just at this time, King Yudhishthir was considering performing a horse sacrifice to get freed 
from sins incurred from fighting with kinsmen. But he became anxious to get some wealth, for there were no surplus funds outside of fines and tax collections. Understanding the hearty wishes of the king, his brothers, as advised by the infallible Lord Krishna, collected sufficient riches from the north left by King Marutra. By those riches, the king could procure the ingredients for three horse sacrifices. Because remember, the horse sacrifice means not the horse, maintaining the horse and maintaining the entire army that would follow the horse. So it was a very expensive proposition. Thus, the pious king Yudhishthir, who was very fearful after the battle of Kurukshetra, pleased Lord Hari, the personality of Godhead. Lord Sri Krishna, the personality of Godhead, being invited to the sacrifices by Maharaja Yudhishthir, saw to it that they were performed by qualified twice-born Brahmanas, Dvija. After that, for the pleasure of the relatives, the Lord remained a few months. Now again he's come, he's attended the sacrifice and he stayed for some time. O Shaunaka, thereafter the Lord, having bade farewell to King Yudhishthir, Draupadi and other relatives, started for the city of Dwarka, accompanied by Arjuna and other members of the Yadu dynasty. So this is now <coughs> Krishna going back. <coughs> 